Hello, everyone. Robert Walker here, along with Caleb Pierce, and we are Sheep Things Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to get down to the basics with industry leaders, associations, breeders, owners, vets, suppliers, and anyone else we can find to hear their stories and firsthand experiences. Hopefully, we will ask the right questions to see what makes them successful, how they got started, and what they see for the future of the sheep industry. We hope to have something new weekly that we can share, so stay connected to our website, Facebook page, or sign up to follow us on a podcast service to get updates as they are published. Stay tuned as we try to share our learning experience with you all as we dive into the sheep industry together. You are listening to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Sheep Things Podcast. What a special guest we have for you today. Mark Dennis, owner of Country Oak Ranch in Louisiana, and a longtime Katahdin breeder instrumental in the early development of bringing the breed to where it is today. He'll share with us a little about his background, growing up, his sheep operation, and give us some history of the Katahdin breed and the association. This was a long discussion, so we're going to break it up into a couple episodes. We hope you enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Mark Dennis. understand uh, about my uh, moving my wire every day is, is that prohibited at your operation yeah so that that's exactly what i do i'm moving them every day um out on pasture and, and and like you've found i mean it's it it allows me to put more sheep breaker and make it a lot more profitable um and and kind of that oh, so you're doing oh, so i couldn't quite hear there you're so doing that yeah you're moving your wire every day you're not moving the net every day you're moving a couple wires huh? well so i've been i've been moving the netting um and part of the reason for that is that the places that i lease are um well they're not necessarily fenced <laughs> and and so we only have about a half yeah. acre of pasture here and so um i have to lease most of my pasture yeah. and so anyways um my energizers yeah. i use portable solar energizers and so um yeah. they can only run so much anyways so by the time i set up my perimeter fence um that uh, yeah. ends up taking all the electricity but but yeah i guess one one question about that would be um so when you're running those wires um you said you're running is it two or three wires for your, okay two. and and the first one you said was at eight inches what's the height of your second one Oh, uh, on my cross fencing, on my cross fencing uh, is two wires, and then my portable that I move every day is two uh, ribbon and uh, and that little oh, okay. little uh-huh. twine. But my my uh, exterior, uh, my fence is at eight inches. I have uh, eight inches all right around. Yes. Yeah. So those the and. Those two ribbons and those ropes, kind of what what height are you putting those at? Oh, those uh, the the bottom one is uh, like on that post. It's uh, it's probably uh, ten to twelve mm-hmm. inches, and then the other one is uh, maybe 
20 to 30. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't really have them ever go through. Okay. It. Well, that's uh, what's, that's what matters. Uh, <laughs> I get, if I get one that, that, uh, goes through it, um, then I have, I put up three, okay. but, uh, but I have a little, I have a little area, a quarter of an acre or so, half acre that, uh, when I first got started that I put up, um, two and three, uh, wire mm -hmm. because those days, uh, nobody had electric fence per se. So you had to train them to electric fence. Yeah. So I bought, I bought a, a U, uh, last year in the sale and apparently never been on electric fence mm -hmm. and she wants to go through electric fence. So I had to train her. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so in your situation, um, if you can buy sheep that's been around electric fence, I would think that'd be to your advantage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, that actually uh, does bring up another question. Um, so with, with moving them every day, I mean, we've talked about your shelter and how you do that. Um, talked about your fencing. Um, but one other component is water. How do you, do you run automatic waters? Do you fill up tanks? Um, how, do, how does that work for your system? Uh, I have, uh, I have uh, just a garden hose on top of the, on top mm -hmm. of the ground. And, uh, and each paddock, uh, wherever I start, uh, I have um, uh, automatic water. Okay. It's uh, stainless steel, stainless steel, uh, $33 on, on uh, Amazon. Awesome. And, and, uh, and with that, you get an extra valve and an extra pollutes included with it. I just found that in the last six or eight months. Mm -hmm. And I was using uh, the other ones. Uh, I used, I used just one little, um, when I had the cattle and the sheep and because uh, that way they're always getting fresh, cool water. I don't like them big tubs and, and all that stuff. Stuff grows in yeah. them and, uh, <laughs> and, they're, and they're expensive. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, we're, when uh, the gate to where I'm going in, we're into that paddock. Uh, that's where I have my water. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and a hose, I have a connection there. Uh, you know the hoses that uh, you use on back of your uh, of your washing machine. Yeah. Well, that's my jumper oh. hose. <laughs> I put a Y. I put a Y fitting there, and a uh, uh, regular garden hose Y uh -huh. fitting, and then I and then I put my portable uh, water waterer uh, fountain, whatever you want to call it on a little piece of pipe with a, with a, a U-bolt mm -hmm. and, uh, and I can move that from one pad out to the other, but to make my connection, I just use that little three foot, uh, jumper, uh, that you use on your washing machine. Awesome. And, uh, and, 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 and then, you know, as I'm moving and then they can always come back to that same quarter to get their water until you go to your next paddock. Mm -hmm. But your situation. So your water is always behind, uh, behind your sheep as you move them forward to graze. Yeah. 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 Well, I just, I got the water running along my fence line. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the hose. 
and then uh, and and when I go into a different paddock, I just got a Y there that uh, uh, you know you I buy that hose at Sam's. Used to be able to get 125 feet for about 26 bucks. Hmm. So uh, that's what I use. And, uh, get a hole in it. I've had some out there 10 years, but uh, you know, you get a hole, you throw it away, and put another 26 bucks down. Yeah. But you know, I don't have no fro- I don't have no frost <laughs> and, and, and free. Like yeah. <laughs> well, we could probably theoretically do the same thing if we just went three feet down into the ground, then it would be, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. You're looking at money now. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah. even out here, most of the year we can we can do that sort of thing. And, and for wintertime, I mean, yeah. we have snow as a resource. I mean, if you're, especially if you're feeding hay out on the yeah. snow, I mean, I, I've had it was funny when we were having that, that neg- those negative 30 temperatures, I carried water out to my sheep and it was, you know, it was cold and I would chip the ice and I'd look over and they were eating the snow. And I was thinking, what am I doing this for? They're, they're having a blast eating the snow. They're not, they don't care about the water that I'm spending all this time and energy hauling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, uh, I, I was reading, uh, in the shepherd where, uh, that's what this, that's what they, uh, that's what they eat. The mm-hmm. snow. Yeah, as long as you have the the protein and the fiber out there for them to to keep their body temperature warm enough, having to to process that little extra cold, yeah. then I mean, they actually really do like the snow. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, a little extra cold. Yeah, I think thirty below yeah. is a little extra cold. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing was, I mean, I had them out there. It was just, um, I mean, I just had them in my portable shelter, which I made out of PVC pipe and, and plastic, um, that poly sheeting. Um, and that was all I had yeah. for them and they were, they were doing great. And, and, uh, I mean, I would throw hay out there and they would go out and dig through a foot of snow for the grass. And I mean, that's, that's just the great thing about Katahdin's yeah. that I've seen it. And you've, you've probably seen that a lot as you've seen the grow, the breed grow is just how adaptable they are. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a great animal. It's, it's, it's really a good animal and it, it'll make you money. And, uh, yeah, you know, speaking of the adaptable part, I've had people say, oh, you need to buy your animal from this part of the country or that part of the country, man. I've had rounds Mm -hmm. from everywhere, you know, Louisiana, Florida, Maine, Montana, uh, Missouri, South Dakota. I mean, and and they all adapt. They adapt to my style, no matter where they come from, you know? And, uh, so yeah, they're super adaptable. Well, the ones, the ones I brought in from Red Deer, uh, Canada, uh, we brought them in September. And, uh, uh, so, uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, yeah, that's probably a good thing. They would have <laughs> yeah, died in July. You gotta, you gotta pick your time. Yeah. 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 So, so we picked that and uh, we picked that time and they were, they put them in a load. Uh, uh, somebody was bringing goats to Georgia. So they threw our sheep in the, in the front, <laughs> in front somehow. And they, uh, they had to degrade themselves because they had to ride with friggin' goats. But anyway, uh, that's, that's how we got them here. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny this last year I brought sheep from, oh, from everywhere from, 
I brought a few different ones back. So from Georgia and um, Missouri and, and I've had sheep before, you know, from, from Oregon and um, up from Michelle Canfield uh-huh. up in Seattle. And, and uh, I mean, they all just, they all adapt. It is kind of funny when you try to transport them though, you have to kind of figure out a little bit of a sheep relay sometimes or, uh, or drive a long distance. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a, a great blessing. I had somebody hold back some for me and, um, you know, when you can get those genetics, kind of like, like you had said earlier, I mean, it, it's hard sometimes to find sheep that, that meet the standards that you're looking for. And, um, I mean, I, I, I guess one thing that I've heard a lot and I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are on it, but I've heard, you know, pretty consistently spend the money on, you know, the animals because, um, those genetics will, will, will pay for themselves. Is that something that you've kind of seen? work out yeah absolutely absolutely I put and uh sometimes it's expensive <laughs> but uh, you really see a difference yeah you really see a difference and and i i think that's a, a lot of people in their upgrading program um uh, uh with katatans uh with the, the registration compared to the recorded they, it takes three to four years before you really see see the you know a lot of results you're looking for, and sometimes they they get frustrated, they can't wait, so they go ahead and get out of the recording business and and go with uh, registering. Mm. A lot of people have done, especially the people that started out with Katahdins for training their dogs, you know, unregistered. Mm. That's a way. Yeah, that's something. Uh, we can talk about is uh, the upgrading recorded deal over the years. You know, I, I have a, I have a group of friends that, you know, they're just, they're haters. They hate everything kind of sort of uh, uh, guys. And, and they'll, they'll see it. If they see a Katahdin that's got some muscle on it or, or just a really nice frame. Oh, he's, he's half dorper. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and, you know, if you, if you look at the two breeds and, and study their makeup, and you can tell there's oh. no dorper in that animal. Oh yeah. And yeah. uh and you know, with the great with the upgrading process and uh you know, by the time you get one to eighty seven and a half percent, there's not mm-hmm. much left of of a of a prior breed, you know. Right. Um uh, you know, so that that's uh, that's something I hear all the time. Oh, he's half he's half dorper, oh he's half half Saint Croix, he's half this, half Suffolk, you know. Yeah. Eh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Just give credit to where credit's due to uh, to good management, good genetics, and and let's go. Well, management's a secret. Management is the secret, and uh, you know there is a little management and uh, done. But we run a lot of you can run a lot of animals uh, on not a lot of property with a little management. Now, did you say how many sheep did you have at your peak? Uh, we had, uh, 125 at one time, uh, not you, not all use, uh, probably all use, uh, 70, not 60, 60, 60. The most lambs we ever had seems to me, uh, one year we had 101. Wow. Do you still uh, do you still cut any hay off your farm? No, 
or ranch sauce? Uh, I can't. I, I know. Uh, I can't. I, I can't uh, because, uh, you know, you got like three acres ready to cut. And you can't get anybody to come yeah. and bring all their three, four acres. So I just bush hog it now and, and uh, let it go back into the ground. We bush hog one time the whole place so far this year. And uh, but we haven't had no rain in seven weeks now, maybe th tomorrow night. But um, so we still got plenty of grass, yeah. That was something that uh, my first trip back from visiting Mark, you know, and he probably had 70 or 80 ewes at the time, and I, I probably seen a dozen rams. And uh, but he still, with all that rotating and all the passion, he still had a section that he was that had set aside for hay, you know. And uh, and it and people's like, well, he's only got eleven acres. I'm like, well, really, he's probably only got seven. Time you take out your house, you got a big front yard, and where your uh, house uh, is, and where your barn is. And... I got I got fourteen, including that. Okay, got you. So eleven, <laughs> 11 is is your actual pasture, then? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But still, you know, eleven acres, you're running a hundred sheep, and oh, by the way, I still cut some hay. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty pretty intensive management, right yeah, there. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it. But I can't. My friend who used to do it, he it just wasn't economical, you know. I'd give him the hay. I'd give him the hay, and and but in the last uh, four or five years now, I've been feeding uh, strictly this uh, perennial peanut, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and I'm just cutting the grass and letting it fall. Yeah. And I, so so winter winter time uh you still have you have winter annuals you sow and then yeah. uh, your perennial hay is are you giving you're giving your ewes any supplement before they lamb uh how do you how do you do yeah. that uh, uh, process no i no my use uh, when i wean in may last year i weaned in may and uh they didn't have no feed until uh about a week before i think they're going to lamb i i give them uh start feeding them a little bit otherwise um once they lamb then i feed them but if you if you change their diet that quick uh they get the scours yeah. you know so yeah. i give them a little bit a week before i think they're going to lamb to get that to eliminate the scours some some of you still get some but uh not all of them and uh, so we, we we didn't feed uh, all last year to use. Hmm. Uh, that they're just on grass. Do you vaccinate your use? Uh, you know, thirty days prior to lambing. Yeah. Uh, well, I vaccinate. I give them their yearly vaccinations uh, in uh, January, hmm. generally January. Hmm. And uh, and we were lambing uh, in February, March. So okay. something like that, and then uh, and, and then uh, and we get we gave uh, CD and T uh, last week to some of the lambs, and uh, I use uh, I use a, a DNA from Gene Check, and I put the tag in the rear. When they first were born, I put uh, a little collar on them, mm -hmm. like when you go to the hospital, a little. Thing they put on your <laughs> wrist well it's similar to that and and uh, and uh, they come in different colors 
So I'm going to have to get uh, Mickey's boss on the line and have to do some inventory at the hospital here. No, well, you got to buy him from Jeffers. <laughs> you get them from Jeffers and uh, they're uh, 50 for $7. Hmm. And, and uh, they come in different colors. So each ram has its own color. So uh, when we bring them in, we go in the pasture and pick them up. Yesterday we had a yearling give us a set of twins. We went out there and picked her up. And brought, I have a little kennel here. Put them in the kennel overnight and, uh, you know, strip her down, spray the navels and that type of thing. And then uh, this morning we uh, weigh them and uh, put their collar on with a number. And that's good for about six, seven weeks. And then, uh, and then I get the DNA tag from uh, Gene Check, and uh, and I write the number that I wrote on uh, the collar on the Gene Check tag. For instance, uh, the ones we did uh, this this morning was uh, 53, and uh, all the ewe lambs have uh, odd numbers, and all the ram lambs have even numbers. And, and um, so I write like 53 will be written on the DNA tag when we put it in. And then I send them all off for testing. And then uh, once I know how many lands we got and, and ones we're, we're gonna keep, uh, then I go to Premier and have the tags uh, made up uh, permanent with all those mm -hmm. numbers. And then when they come in, and then when they come in, uh, I put that in the same hole in the ear as I put the DNA tag. What? Okay, I got a question about the DNA tag, uh, just since you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, last week, I was digging around trying to clean my basement up a little bit, and I ran across a bag of probably 20 of those DNA tags that I got from Percy back in the day. Oh, really? Uh yeah, are those things any good? I I, I meant to call them and yeah. ask them. You know, what's the what's the lifetime of well, them? Well, uh, uh, I can remember uh, someplace I read that um, um, if you take if you use them if you use them, uh, it's good for two years. Now yours haven't been it's definitely been more <laughs> than two years. Yeah, but they haven't been but they haven't been punctured. Oh no, they're they're. Uh, I found them. I found them in a Ziploc bag, rolled up, uh, yeah. like in a in a rag or something in the corner of a drawer. Yeah, well, know? they're three fit three and a twenty five cents a piece. Yeah. New ones, and and uh, we just ordered sixty, and and uh, um, the idea was, is, you know, you put an envelope and mail them back. Yeah, I think I may uh, I may do a sample. And just send one in and see if the, yeah. see if they can read it and see if the results come back and yeah. well, you know you oh, don't want to you don't want to use them all and yeah you call and, and uh, you call and ask them they're good people to deal with oh absolutely yeah yeah but uh, that's the way we do the tags and and uh, and it, it's worked for uh, a good many years that way hmm. and uh, I don't like to put a tag in a in a newborn yeah. lamb some people them and uh and that type of thing but uh, the little collar works good for us yeah that's nice you don't have to have to worry about the paint um getting washed off or whatever or and you don't have to worry about uh or, or at least just you know 
as they grow to where you can't read it or um, as they roll around outside. Um, But then at the same time, like you said, you don't have to punch a a big, huge tag in their ear when they're a day old. (laughs) Yeah, because it pulls your ear over and this and that. And, you know, uh, when they're little, we had we had to replace two of the collars uh, because it seemed they were getting tight on the baby so Uh far. So that's why we put the tags in last week, and uh, but we still have some more to put in before before we send them off. Yeah. And do you ever have trouble with them catching on anything wearing those collars? Or yeah, uh, one time it did I caught on something uh, two years ago. Caught on on one, uh-huh. but it was a piece of equipment out there that shouldn't have been oh. there. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we did lose them. Yeah, but only one, and is a pretty, <laughs> pretty good number. Yeah. So. Well, that the, the, the equipment sh- shouldn't have been there. You know. The uh, so your your protocol for your first time working your sheep, and then you know thirty forty five days later, um, I know uh, from the first animal first ram I bought from you to the second one something had changed and uh so has there been anything that you've uh added or taken away uh to your to your management of that period over the years um or something somebody excuse me should think about well uh now um uh we're we're giving a uh pneumonia vaccination which i never did before and and we're get and uh, we're given case back vaccination. That uh, I did it when I first got started, and then I got away from it. And then uh, uh, there was a guy there in uh, uh, where the hell is he? Tennessee. Uh, he got all excited about uh, 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 why why you're not giving uh, the vaccination for. A, for uh, CL, mm-hmm. and uh, there's two stories on the CL. Some people don't get excited about them because uh, everybody's got them, but uh, you know it's in the ground and and uh, everybody's got them. But a lot of people don't talk about them and say they don't. And and then there's people that have it and and it's not a big thing. And um, so we got some requests. Uh, do you vaccinate for CL? And I said, well, no, but we can't. So we started doing it. Hmm. And uh, I don't know if it works or not, but uh, it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's part of your promotion that we're vaccinating for CLs, for CD and T and, and uh, ammonia too. And, uh, and I, I never did ammonia and I, I never really lost a lot of ammonia, but uh, People are asking, are you vaccinating for ammonia? Well, no, but it's not real expensive, so we do that too. And uh, Yeah, I, th- I think I've lost a few over the years to pneumonia. Yeah. Uh, in our springtime of the year here, we get a huge fluctuation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like uh, last week one day it was 82. Yeah. And last night it was 31. Yeah. And, and we get that high and low. Yeah in a in a two or three week period with yeah. some rain yeah. man it can screw up a newborn yeah. lamb in a yeah. hurry and uh, you know 
So yeah, well, I've I've added that to my regiment as well. Yeah, and and it's cheap, and you only have to lose one lamb to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, for the whole flock basically, and uh, so we we do that, and and then we keep, like I say, we keep what I call a health record on each one, and, and uh, everything uh, we've done to it, uh, you know. And yeah, I lost a bet. You know, uh, somebody was like, "Oh, Mark Dennis, he." He vaccinates for CL, and I'm like, "Oh, you're crazy!" I, I said, "I bought her. I, he don't do that." And I went back and looked. Sure enough, it was on my it was on my health papers you give me, yeah. and I'm so I, I'm like, "Holy crap! I didn't know that," you know. Yeah. And uh, and I'm kind of indifferent on that too because, uh, from what I've read, uh, once you start vaccinating, then that animal will yeah. test positive. Yeah. And so for for somebody, let's say Caleb is. Is, is someone that wants a negative animal. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't know if you've yeah. got a negative yeah. animal yeah. and uh, man, you know, if, if you vaccinate and they're all positive, then Hey, it's a, it's a kind of a get out of jail free card. And if you've got somebody that definitely wants no CL, you know, how, how can, you know, that's a hard sell yeah. because all of your animals are going to test positive, you know? So I'm, I'm kind of torn on that. I, I did it for a few years uh, you know, same deal, you know, a guy started, uh, I guess he created panic in, in the area because right. it was the end of the world and everybody was, I'd never had anybody ask for it. Now all of a sudden, you know, everybody was asking yeah. for it, even though they didn't know, they didn't know what it was. Right. They didn't know anything about it, but now all of a sudden, you know, if you're not doing it, you're, you're just scum, you know? Yeah. And so I did it for a year or two and I thought, wait a minute, how will I ever know, mm-hmm. you know, if I start doing uh, a, a panel test, so to speak, for OPP and CL and some and Jonies and stuff, how, how will I know? Because my animals will always test positive. And uh, so, I, so I quit doing it a couple years ago, and and now I'm probably I don't think any of my animals would test positive from the vaccine. So now I'm like, okay, so now I might do my 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 OPP CL because I get a lot yeah. of that questions now too. Is is OPP? You know, that's a big topic. Yeah. And, um, so, so now I'm, I think I'm ready to do that for my use. Uh, but I didn't for years because I knew the CL would come back mm-hmm. positive for my vaccine, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I can remember once we had the Katahdin gathering, uh, years ago up in false river, I think it was false river in Alberta, Canada. And we had it in a livestock barn there. And, uh, and, and, uh, they, they brought in some sheep for, uh, uh, we were going to give a hair coat inspection test. And and everyone came in, had damn CL on it. So uh, the gal that brought them in was a bet. So I asked her, I said, man, uh, you got a lot of CL in your flock, don't you? Oh, that's nothing, she said. You just inject that from aldehyde and it goes away. Well, uh, I, I'd say... 95% of the sheep that she brought in for us to use had CELs. I, just, I never proved that uh, if you inject it with formaldehyde, it goes away. I don't know that to be a fact, but that's what I was told. Never done. Well, and, and, and I've never had a visual, um, a visual CL uh, animal. Uh, you know, I know it can be, internal as well but i've never visually seen that you know uh so so i don't know you know I'm, I, like you said some people 
no big deal. Everybody's got it. Yeah. And some people, man, it's like yeah. the plague. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, um, I, I, I don't know. There's, you know, there's a lot of sheep, I guess, sold and taken to the sale barn cause they got CL. Yeah. Uh, but the, they tell me that a lot of times when you actually test to see if it's a CL, it's not, it's something else. It's what my vet yeah. says. Uh, about 80% of the time is not CL, although it looks it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've been trying to keep my flock negative because, um, out here it's <laughs> where you have so many big wolf flocks. And when you're shearing, if you have a few CL animals, I mean, it spreads pretty quick. You, you, you end up hitting an yeah, abscess but... and you cut somebody else and now they got it too. And, and so I've, I've tried to yeah. keep it a little bit more, um, you know, I've bought from negative flocks and all that. And, and I have had some abscesses yeah. um, from the cheatgrass that, you know, they, they get the little cheatgrass up in to them. It goes through and, and then yeah. they get an abscess. And so I, I tested them. And, and like you said, most of them yeah. come back negative. Well, all of mine have come back negative yeah. because that's not the point. But, um, yeah, you do see a lot of animals yeah. going through sale barn that have abscesses and stuff. And, and some of those probably are CL, at least out here. <laughs> And that's a little concerning for somebody starting out that doesn't know um, the difference. But yeah, but I mean, there's some people oh. who just live with it. Oh yeah, yeah. But, well, lot, lot people have it, but they don't talk. Yeah. About it. <laughs> you know, especially uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, if if we have one, uh, we generally take the slaughterhouse mm -hmm. and uh, and eat it and and uh, make sausage out of it and everybody loves our sausage yeah so or lamb lamb boulet yeah lamb filet <laughs> lamb filet you, you told kevin about that story about the lamb filet no i haven't you can you can tell him about it. well the lamb filet um if you if you want to sell brown lamb Brown lamb will say five, six dollars a, a pound. Mm -hmm. But if you wrap it and put lamb filet on it, you can get eight or nine dollars a pound. Same thing. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, we uh, we use a, we eat a lot of uh, lamb, make a lot of lamb filet. I think we lost Mark. Hello, you still there? No, yeah, we're here. There you are. Oh, uh, guy, guy, guy's calling. Uh, he's got a ram on order. He's calling, seeing how they're doing. There you go. And and uh, but uh, lamb filet, and then uh, we uh, we grind, and then we uh, also make sausage, and the sausage is uh, is a big hit. And that, now these are old girls, you know. That's bad udder or something like that. Yeah. Or 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 something something that we don't consider breeding stock. Yeah. At what time? That brings up a good point. At what time do you call a ewe from your from your flock? Is there is there some trigger? She she loses production. Yeah. She gets sick or well, if I, you know she gets too old or is yeah. there an age limit or? Well, no. There's no age limit. I had one here when I first got started was 13, 13 years old. 
And um, uh, while we had her here, mm. she produced 38 uh, lambs for us. So, um, so, but uh, her problem was that her teeth gave out and she couldn't maintain herself. Mm. Couldn't yeah. eat, yeah. And she was 13. Wow. And it's a kind of grass on. Uh, we, we were using, we had different grass mm -hmm. then. And, uh, but um, no, if you, if you, if you give me uh, two singles in a row, uh, you're gone. Mm -hmm. And I can't, you can't make any money with singles. And, uh, and then if, if you don't have good milk or a, a bad quarter, you know, sometimes even with one quarter, you can raise a nice set of twins. But, uh, uh, you know, do you want to take that chance? And uh, uh, that's it. It's not age. And we don't want no crazies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no crazy. And because um, they can, you get one of them and you can have your first thing you know, your whole flock's crazy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's something that I didn't know as a new, uh, new sheep person. <clears throat> I got fortunate that my first four ewes were really heavy milkers. Yeah. I mean, golly, they look like a little Jersey cat. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And, uh, wonderful. But, well, the, the, the problem is I screwed them up because I just cold turkey weaned and I didn't, I didn't take care of them. You know, I didn't know how to take care of them. Yeah. And, uh, and so for most of their life that I had them, they were yearlings when I got them. Yeah. But for most of their life, they had, a part of their udder was messed up because of me. Yeah. But, but they still raised twins and triplets. Yeah. Um, my last one just died this past summer and of those original four. So they, they were highly productive and, and just, but I didn't know how to handle such big milkers, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's something that new people, I think, uh, I get a lot of pictures of udders oh my gosh, is this mastitis? Well, you know, just relax, <laughs> chill out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, but I, I don't think there's enough education on how to handle that type of animal, you know, cause I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I never did nothing special to my cows, you know, and they had big udders. So I thought no big deal. Just yeah. wean the dang lamb and let's go. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that was, that was a huge problem I had my first year and, uh, didn't know what to do. And, uh, and you know everybody's like, well, you got to call. They can't handle it. No, it was my fault. That I can't call an animal for something that I screwed up. That's, you know. Yeah, that's. What and uh, and so my entire ewe flock was based on those four ewes um, over the years. So uh, they they were very very good, very good milkers. But man, I just did not know how to handle it at the time. So. Well, see, that's that's where you can get questions like that answered from a round table. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know those those kind of questions, especially if there's a vet sitting in. Yeah the the extension office does not have a pamphlet that tells you how to no, do that. No, 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 and and then it's written by somebody that never had sheep anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's kind of the reason with this podcast yeah. is we hope you know we know people are like us that have questions and and we want to hear from the you know. Uh, I, I told this to a friend one time. I wish there was some kind of unwritten rule or, or law that you couldn't be a breeding stock producer uh, your first five years with animals, you know, because uh, especially with Facebook, I mean, we see people that buy sheep and, and in two years, they're the, they're the 
breed leader you know, for questions and answers. And, and, and all the old timers are sitting back looking, going, what an idiot, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so I know, I mean, that's the people we want to reach out to with our podcast is we want to talk to people that's mm-hmm. done it all, seen it all, heard it all. <laughs> um, and, and it's screwed up, you know, I mean, we've all screwed up. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but you know, we don't, uh, we want people to hear from, um, multi-generational guys, you know, and multi, uh, faceted operations mm-hmm. instead of, Hey, I've had sheep for two years and, uh, I'm a breeder, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I had a conversation with a guy not far from me, uh, one day last week. And, uh, he was telling me he, what he liked it. He had 270 pound ewes, And I'm like, Oh my gosh, send me a picture. I'd like to see that, you know? Yeah. And he sent me a picture of it. And I'm like, Hey man, have you got scales? And he goes, uh, yeah, I got cattle scales. And I'm like, are they accurate? And he goes, why? And I'm like, there ain't no way that you weighs 200 pounds, let alone 270. <laughs> I said, have you ever weighed her? And he goes, well, I've never weighed her, no. But he said, last fall, I weighed uh, this other you. And he sent me a picture of it. And he said, she weighed 135. And he said, I know this you twice as big as she is. <laughs> and I'm like, well, she may be twice as big, but she ain't twice as heavy. There's a difference. And I said, so what do you sell your lambs? Well, I, I don't weigh my lambs. I just sell everything as breeding stock. Oh. I said, well, that's, that's a great market, but you're not selling genetics, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you're just selling everything that comes out. Oh yeah. The market's great. And, uh, he said, I've only been doing this for two years. And I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. that's the problem. Yep. You know, that's the problem. Yeah. that's. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't our breed by the way. So, yeah. It was another breed, uh, but, it, but, but we have the same, same issue. Oh, yeah. And, and I wish, I wish there was some way that, that we could, uh, that somebody could not be allowed to sell uh, a registered breeding stock animal until they've been in it four or five years, you know, Yeah. Uh, to know what a, a good animal is and to know what they're doing, you know. Well, some people think because they paid a high price or it's, or the sire sold at a high price at uh, Sedalia or in, in uh, Kentucky. Uh, it's it's an excellent animal, and and uh, you know I can't buy that. I, I want the performance. Mm-hmm. Just because you are dumb enough to spend a lot of money on that animal, and what's the performance on it? And uh, they don't look at that. They just, well, this, this is what his mother sold for, and this is what uh, he sold for. So that ought to be got to be good. Great. He's got to be good. Yeah. <laughs> see, and, and boy, you see a lot of that. You see a lot of that. And a lot of people take that Kuwait and that just because of they, they brought all that money. And you see a lot in the goats, too. Goat business. Yeah. Yeah, and those, and then whenever you know, uh, if if I buy if I buy a uh, you know, well, I mean, just for example, if I buy a six hundred fifty dollar U from you and a nine hundred dollar Ram, and yeah. I bring it home and I put it in my backyard, yeah. and I go to sell my animals and I ask seven eight hundred dollars for my lamb, and everybody looks at me like I'm an idiot. Yeah, and 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 the quality, you know, my management didn't get them to where they need to be. And, and they're eat up with parasites or whatever, yeah. and nobody will buy them. And I have to sell those at the, at the feeder market and they bring 150 bucks. Yeah. 
then, then I think, oh my gosh, uh, I have lost my shirt. This sheep business is a disaster. And, and that ain't the case, you know, um, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot more to mm-hmm. it than that. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, we've been on this for three hours now. <laughs> Woo, we yeah. got a lot of stuff. There ain't no yeah. doubt. You think? Uh, time for lunch. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having uh, I'm having I'm having a lamb sandwich actually. And chips. Good deal. Well, well, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to kill a good Saturday morning mm-hmm. talking to us, and uh, and I'm sure everybody will enjoy listening to this. And uh, do you have a you, you want to plug your website uh, where people can reach out to you if they want to contact you for more information or just to shoot the breeze and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, we get a lot of calls uh, from people uh, to, who have uh, bought sheep and uh, are, are having problems with some sheep they have, you know. And uh, we get a lot of those kind of calls. And the ones I don't like is a guy comes here and spends two or three hours, and you tell him, you know, getting started this and that. And then he goes and buys the sheep somewhere else because they're cheaper. <laughs> And then he starts calling when they're yeah. sick. <laughs> right. Hey, can you help me with this? Those guys like that, you know, why don't you call the guy who bought them from? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah I, got this, I got this guy that has been hitting me up for two years, and I'm like, dude, you never asked me about an animal. But, but I'm your go-to helper when yeah. you've got problems. Yeah, I, I, I have a, a lot of those from all over. And, uh, and, uh, but it's sort of slacked off a little bit now. Uh, maybe I'm getting a little nasty. I, I don't know. Well, there's more, there's more experts out there to give advice. Yeah. Well, Facebook, there's all the experts. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, and then I don't answer the damn phone if I don't recognize the number. And if you want to talk to me, you know, and I don't answer, I'll leave a message. Because there's always somebody trying to sell me something mm-hmm. uh, on the telephone when it rings if I pick it up, and I and I'm not buying car insurance and health insurance. Uh, President Trump takes care of my health insurance. That's right. <laughs> and and, and I, uh, yeah, website is uh, countryoakranch.com. And uh, we're our little South Central group. Uh, we're having our gathering in, in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, we haven't canceled in, in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, we haven't canceled yet. We'll probably make a decision around the 15th of May. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're hoping we won't. And uh, there's sheep there to sell private treaty. There's no auction. There's no commission. Um, you make the deal with the breeder. And uh, you don't have to be a member to attend. And Howard Compton from Texas, he co- he cooks uh, Katahdin barbecue and have a real nice lunch and uh, a lot of Katahdin fellowship. We invite everyone to come. And uh, we have a round table and speakers. And it's a two-day affair. And uh, it's free. That's the best part. And 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 uh, and, and then the, 
and, and the website for that is sheet.com and uh, we invite you to be a member $25 a year and you can have free advertisement on the website of sheep you have to sell or equipment and thank you uh, uh, Robert and and uh, Caleb 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 is a, a, a fellow in our church with that name and and uh it's it's not a, a cajun name <laughs> that we hear around here mickey says that's a bible yep. name. and uh, thank you for what you fellows are going and doing and uh asking me to uh join you and and uh, uh people like you uh, you folks that will be great contributors to the katana breed in the future and keep up good work, Robert. It seems like you handle everything. I don't know how you get how you got a job because you do have a lot of free time that you take care of all this stuff. I hope my boss don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were the boss. <laughs> and, uh, but thank you all you do, Robert and Caleb. I, I know you have a future in, in uh, the Titan Association and. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll see you on the board one of these days. <laughs> and and maybe you can attend an uh, expo and, and, and we can uh, Yeah, visit. definitely looking forward to, to making my first expo and hopefully that will be soon. Oh, good, good. Uh, well, I've missed two over the years. Uh, one was uh, one was in, uh, uh, in Oregon when they had it over uh -huh. there. Uh, the recent first one they had over there I went to. And then one they had up near Montreal, Canada. I missed that, but uh, we've attended all others. Yeah, wow. And thanks again for your help and everything you're doing for the sheep breed. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your thoughts. I know as a, a producer getting started and, um, you know, been doing this for a few years, you, you still always have more questions and um, just your yeah. your advice and, and your knowledge has been really great. and really appreciate you taking the time to share thank it with you. us. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a, have a good day. Okay. Say hello to the family. Stay safe. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. See you guys. Yeah. I told you once we got Mark on the phone, this would not be an hour podcast. We'll have to have a part one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, <laughs> you know, with, with that many years of knowledge and experience, it's uh, you can't, you can't, you know, talk about it in 30 minutes. So, well, guys, that is the uh, end of our conversation with Mark Dennis. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Thanks for listening to the Sheep Things podcast. Stay connected to our website and Facebook page or sign up to follow us on a podcast service to get updates. We want your feedback, so you can email us at podcast at sheepthings.com for suggestions or comments. Thank you and see you later. Hey.